Hello and welcome to the program. My name is Luke Hunt and this is another podcast for The Diplomat and with me today is Roland Naveau who is uh, one of the great photographers who has worked around Southeast Asia since the 1970s. Not only Southeast Asia, the Middle East, Europe, uh, he was in Cambodia when the Khmer Rouge marched in. Roland, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. I mean, really, mm-hmm. it's always fun to talk about old stuff. Huh? It is indeed. I mean, the, the, the way things are done these days has completely changed. And it certainly, I think it lacks some of the, uh, the kind of excitement or the way things were. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, well, it's, it's not the way it was. Uh, let's go back to the start. Somehow, mm-hmm. you know, I want to yeah. say, I mean, somehow, I mean, looking back, it's kind of uh, interesting, I mean, to see that 50 years ago, yep. you know, when I've been around, I mean, this is, a, this is the most magical part, in a way, that you came around early. It looked early now, but right. back then, you know, you just live your life as a young chap trying to see something new. And enjoy and find and fortune and fun and everything that goes yeah. along with it. Yeah. You started in the early 70s and very much a uh, product of the 1968 push, the leftist movement in France, and on the back of that, you came out to yeah. I mean, I'm right. Yeah. You know, I was born in '50, so that right. it's really right in the middle of it when when I'm 18. You know, this mm. is, so I'm really into the bu- that kind of bubbling. I mean, new deal. You know, in France in 1968, I was in a in my. Uh, baccalaureate year and everything mm-hmm. which I did miss because of the, all the demonstration and all the, the strikes and eventually I mean 1969 made it through and went to university and uh, university was really boring then I mean I was in, in Brittany living I live in Brittany yep. in Rennes was very very active I mean uh, a student I mean town one of the big provincial I mean uh, and very very active demonstration Every other week, you know, we, you know, it's fighting in the street with the cops and everything. The primary and for the fighting later on. And, <laughs> and, and in fact, this is why I, I decided to get a camera. I mm-hmm. said, you know, what, what can I do? I mean, fine to work with the, the guys and, uh, you know, shouting mm-hmm. slogan and everything, you know, anti-Vietnam War, anti-everything. I said, better record it. So this is how I got into the, the trade of taking pictures and Riot city streets and um, and uh, develop a new interest. What was your first camera? That was a Practica. That was the DSLR, mm-hmm. you know. But that was a Practica with a fifty mil, yep. you know, with a forty-two, uh, you know, screwing screw on uh, mm-hmm. fifty mil. That was that's it. Start with that thirty-five mm-hmm. mm, and I shooting black and white. Developed the film myself and in my uh, dorm room, and that's it, you know. And then you packed your bags and. Uh, Flew out to Thailand first, and then no, Cambodia. I mean it took it took more time. In fact, you mm-hmm. know, so you really have to hone your 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 skill. I mean, you have to learn. So I did. I mean, shoot stuff around in France, you know, strikes and 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 factories. I mean, uh, strikes and uh, all that kind of stuff. And early '73, I wanted to get really the taste of uh, international in a way, as in getting out. So I went to Belfast. Right. And I stayed during the break, you know, I was university. So I stayed about 10 days in Northern Ireland. And uh, there was some bombs, there was, I mean, army all over and uh, all the checkpoints and all the stuff and all. I found, yeah. 
That's right. probably my stuff, you know. I mean, I should I should really go that way. Mm. Uh, so that was the call. That was my early call. Yep. I'm a, I, I was in uh, Belfast in 1982, and it did shock me. And at the same time, it was kind of enlightening. Uh, attractive is the wrong word, but it was bloody harsh. Yeah, it, it's kind of, uh, it's it really like developed your sense of, uh, I mean, something different. Yep. You know, I mean, it's, it's a war zone, basically. It's, you know, strife. So you have to, I think at first I had to find out if I could cope with that, if I could really mm. get on the street with the camera, go after, you know, yep. when there is a bomb somewhere, people running away, you are just running into it. That's right, you're so running the other you, direction. You have to, you, you no, know, it's not, you're not born with that kind of scale, you know, so you have to uh, try to uh, uh, to find out, I mean, if you, if you can uh, do it. So, on the back of that, I mean, uh, during my the big summer break, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, that's uh, July to August, basically September for university, I said, let's, let's see further, get Indochina. And yeah. that's it, first trip to Cambodia in 73. And uh, that was a real thing. Indeed it was. And you were there when the... Um so 73 was mm -hmm. still the war. I mean, it was still... I mean, I did witness the, the, the end of the B-52 bombings around Phnom Penh and uh, all those big... There was other bombing with the Phantom. I mean, uh, mm -hmm. I remember, I mean, strifing, uh, uh, diving, in fact, near the... not far from Pochentong. Right. You know, that was, you know, you have two Phantom and running around and you know that there, there is an operation going on and there's, you know, diving onto the, the Khmer Rouge uh, position. So that was, that was kind of an amazing uh, sight, you know. So, um, so that was really the opening. I mean, to my uh, career. I mean, didn't make much sale. Did still mm -hmm. remember that AP? I saw two pictures to AP mm -hmm. at the time. I mean, at the that local local bureau, you know, twi sure. 20, 20 bucks a piece. Yeah. So I said, okay, that's just gravy. Yeah. And uh, but then I had to go back to France to do my army. This right. is the whole thing. So. I was like a specialist when I arrived into the the unit in the south of France, which was the paratroopers. I had been to war already, you know, maybe one of the few into the camp. So anyway, I mean, I, I, I managed through that thing without too much trouble. And even uh, went on to operational, uh, you know, those units, they, they do like a lot of uh, operational trip, like, I mean, jumping in parachute on the mountain, you know, from 250 meters, spending the night in the jungle, or all that kind of stuff. And I was assigned to the to the newspaper, to the newsletter of the right. of the camp. So I was taking picture, you know, jumping in parachute mm -hmm. and taking picture. That was fun. And then you made it back out to Cambodia as the Khmer Rouge were marching in. Yeah, I mean, the thing is that was, uh, you know, wrapped the university. I mean, I didn't get a degree. I was too busy thinking about other stuff. Then um, early 75, I said, well, I have, uh, you know, I have to go back there because that, to me that was the thing. I mean, I really saw that this is a place where things are going to happen. So of course, I mean, I went out to do some odd jobs and you know, get some money. And eventually by uh, first days of March, you know, mm. flew into Phnom Penh. And eventually, I mean, that was good enough because I was back one and a half months before the fall. So I had time to uh, soak into the, the place and, um, and, 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 and uh, see the last 
fighting around Phnom Penh. And then the Khmer Rouge came in. I've interviewed, and then, a, uh, I've interviewed a few people about the last days of Phnom Penh before the Khmer Rouge, and everybody had their own take. How did you find the uh, cadre once they had arrived? On the day, you mean? Yeah. Well, every, I mean, yeah, we, we didn't know much. I mean, we didn't know nothing, in fact. I mean, just to be, to be right, you know, that we didn't know what to expect. We, we, uh, I was not caught off guard, I mean, by staying there. I mean, I decided to wait until the end and see what would be next, you know. I was not, uh, I was not an anti, I mean, war, I was not, you know, an anti whatever, but I was leading into the, the, the idea that, okay, let's see what those guys are going to bring in, you know. Let's see what's going to happen. I mean, just open your eyes and, um, and uh, and uh, try to understand the situation. So I was not hostile. I mean, in uh, not knowing much. And uh, I said, you take it on the day to day. Really, on those situation, I mean, you you, you cannot build up, you know, right. for, for 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 the future. You you just take things as it come, and it's much easier. Mm-hmm. So I mean, Phnom uh, Penh was very busy on the last several days. And uh, uh, trying to anticipate, you couldn't make a plan on anything. This is this is it. So you had to wait to see. How and did you get out? Well, you know, like you 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 know. I mean, we all got mm. parked into the French embassy. I mean, mm-hmm. that was the word being put out. And uh, so we stayed there for the duration, the time it took yep. them to organize uh, to organize uh, the convoy to the border. And of course, so the French embassy three weeks, no, basically. Right, and the, the the episodes in the French embassy was, of course, part of the Killing Field. Yeah, that movie. was a Killing Field movie. I mean, right. that was you know, it's, I mean, very much around that that uh, story anyway, with uh, with the press and uh, and the Cambodian. Amb- I mean, having mm. to leave the, the embassy and uh, and the city and everything. So we, I imagine at the time that we could photograph a little more of the life on the street. I mean, once the Khmer Rouge had been there, it didn't happen, in fact. But, I mean, uh, news-wise, it did stop on the 17th. Right. And, uh, well, we know what happened afterwards. You've been back to Cambodia many times, but you've also covered wars and conflicts. Mm. I would say for Cambodia, because yep. this is one thing. I, okay, so we were evacuated. I went back to Europe and then came back to Laos, in fact, you know, Laos was the place we could go. Vietnam had fallen in between, so we couldn't go. So, stay around Laos and and, and Thailand, and in fact, I I did went uh, to Surin area yep. in August 1975, just a few months after the fall, and I did met with the with the Thai army, the first escaping, the first people leaving Cambodia. You know, we had gone through the minefield and. And escape to Thailand. So I already had um, learned that that place was turning slowly into a killing field. And in fact, over the years, I did some trip to the Thai border. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, several places to try to to see. I mean, to get to see. And it did happen only in '79 where I could really cross the border with a with a with a group of Khmer Serai. And then, but in the meanwhile, I mean, I I. 
my career start to take a, a more international uh, um, turn, and I went, you know, to Lebanon was one of my big story as well. So seventy six and then eighty two and the thing Central America. I mean, there was plenty of stories to be done all over. What were the uh, harshest moment you experienced as a photographer? You mean overall? Yeah, I mean it's quite a subjective question. Yeah, I've, asked, I've asked the question yeah. a lot, and it's yeah. always interesting what comes back. It's not always what one might assume. Well, to say, well, just to say, I mean that if you do that job, that business, you know, it's not a walk in the park. First of all, it's definitely not a walk in the park. You know, I had many, many, I mean, uh, stressful moments and dangerous moments in so many places. I mean. If you cover uh, Mujahideen in Afghanistan, the NPA in uh, mm -hmm. in the Philippines, and and you go to those places, and that's when you walk in the jungle and live there with those guys, or like El Salvador or some of the or Nicaragua, you have a lot of bad days. I mean, for sure. I mean, this is this is a certainty. Mm -hmm. You, it's very hard. First of all, I mean, w one thing I would uh, definitely. Uh, make a point is you have to be really fit you yep. have to be really able to follow I mean those guys I mean uh, when you go to Afghanistan in the early 80s I mean you try to um, stay with a stay up with a column of uh, Mujahideen Oof. those people can run people the mountain you know so you really have to be up there and pe people don't realize. really understand yes they don't realize that there are other issues that are grinding you down the water is often dirty yeah. it's very easy to get sick the food is crap it's not what your diet is used to yeah. you know you, you cut yourself and it's infected toothaches little things that yeah. wouldn't norm normally pop up when you're living well all of a sudden become major issues absolutely and and why not cut for that? I mean, why not really cut for that? Except if you are healthy already and and uh, not really. I mean, look look at fitness in a real uh, sense of uh, you have to be able to outdo yourself. Y you you spend time with people who are really have a hard life. I mean, really harsh life in the mountain or in the jungle or anywhere, and uh, it's really survival of the fittest. So, yeah. if you're out there. And you're taking picture on top of it. I mean, this got to go second. You have to be able to operate. You have to be able to do your job. I mean, you didn't just just came into that mm. awful place. I mean, to be part of the group. You know, you have to to create. I mean, you have to uh, you have to bring back some stuff. You know, and you it's it, it was a different world, which people mm. also forget. In the, uh, uh, when I was uh, working in Afghanistan, and we were shooting with film and getting decent quality filming was always a struggle and then you would develop you'd take your shots under fire you would often develop them under fire you'd have this little black box where oh, you put your hands in no back then I, di I didn't I would, you keep your film in your bag yep. so you carry your bag with a, with a new film mm. you shoot and weeks after weeks you keep the film in your bag and you try you have to make sure you bring it back otherwise there is nothing Right, but we, we were developing oh, actually were developing. in the in Kabul. Oh yeah, because, yeah. What I'd always remember though is that we developed the negatives with the local water, and then we'd scan it into a computer, 
and then you would blow it up and you'd have to hit the clone button. And the reason why was because the water was so dirty mm. and you could see all these worms, little squiggle oh, really? marks <laughs> on, <laughs> the, on the necks from the dirty water. <laughs> that is, is not, I mean, I think people mostly don't realize this, you know. In, the t in those times, I mean, you go in the jungle, I mean, you have to protect yourself, mm. you have to protect your gear, you have to protect your film. And it's expensive. Yeah, expensive. I mean, you know, the cost is what it is, but you, you, the process is, uh, is uh, very different to what it is now. I mean, uh, yep. And also the bulk, I mean, you have to carry the film. So if you go in some place with 50 roll or, or 70 roll of film, I mean, this is, this is a, a, a big, uh, a big, space i mean in your backpack you know and uh, and this is your life i mean and uh, this is um, the stuff you have to bring back if you haven't gone through that you don't know what it is i mean people would go out with a digital camera you just have to think about the battery we didn't have to think so much about the battery but you don't think about uh, you know taking all your all your all your house all all your knowledge is always with you you know you don't send it back to the yeah. to your agent or whatever, you know, you, you have to be patient on that. You've published several books, photo books, obviously. What is your favorite photograph? I mean, what, what, what are the standouts in that? We're, we're, ob we're recording a po podcast and we don't yeah. have photographs, obviously, yeah, to go no with pictures, it. So but um, describe a few for us. Well, I, I mean, now, I mean, looking back, I still have a favorite story, which is Cambodia. Mm. I mean, Cambodia has been developing as my story, I mean, all along my life, because I've been going back and forth over now almost yes, 50 yeah. years. So it's, it's by far my one of my favorite stories. And I mean, there are many images, of course. I mean, uh, it, it, it's uh, and it, every day you will ask me, and I'll probably come out with something different, you know. But the, the few pictures on the day of the fall mm -hmm. with the, you know, with the, 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 the crowd on, on, uh, on uh, overhanging like a, a big truck on, on Monivong. Yeah, I mean, this one still, I mean, uh, part of my uh, favorite shot, you know, 200 millimeter lens, you know, you I have maybe three frames, this mm. is it. So it's not really, you didn't overdo it because you just see something and, uh, and, you, and you grab that picture. But I have, I mean, um, quite a few in fact. I, it's, it's really, I mean, uh, difficult to, uh, to talk about picture without showing them. I have image which I, uh, I can still, I mean, remember the, you know, the time, the place and the condition where I, mm. when I took them, you know. It's, it, of course, it can be in Cambodia, it can be in the mountain in Afghanistan or in, in, in Lebanon. You have to squeeze me a little harder to, to really pinpoint one or two. I don't know, maybe we'll see. You, you, you worked with some of the greats, um, Philip Jones Griffith, Al Rockoff, um, Tim Page. Did you have any favorites among them? I mean, and how competitive were, were you as a group back then? <coughs> before my time by uh, by really starting at the end of the Vietnam mm. uh, war I think uh, Don McLean was one of the right. person you know I was looking up for his picture I mean in, in, in the magazine in the West before I was on, on, on my own you know? and um, 
I was, I was lucky enough to meet him uh, briefly in 1973 when I came the first time in Cambodia. So which is, uh, ah, all right, you, you meet those monsters, those kind of amazing photographers who had been doing I mean, so many things already. But over the time, you, you, you eventually, you mold into that uh, small group of famous photographers. So you, 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 know, you, you walk your way into that uh, society and uh, th those people are not unreachable uh, un un anymore for you. So you eventually, little by little, you, you, you get to talk to, uh, to, to them. I mean, Don, I mean, I, I met him over time and many places, and eventually you develop some kind of friendship with those people. And at first, it starts with an awful amount of respect, you know. Yeah. And, um, like Tim, I mean, uh, Tim Page, you know, which I've seen over, I mean, since the early 80s when he came back around here trying to walk into the rice paddies, you know, it, it yeah. was a hard time for him. And uh, you see him over and over, and you become friends, you know, and he's telling you all stories, and he's, he's uh, so you, you, you don't see them as an outsider, you know, the mountain that you, you say, oh, I want to get there. No, that's it. You just slowly, I mean, uh, integrate the gang, you know. Yeah, you build your rapport mm. with people and they do look out yep. most of, for one another. Most of famous photographers, in fact, they look unapproachable from the outside, but when you, you crack the, the surrounding and you work with them, in fact, these people are, are very uh, normal. I mean, mm. that's what you, you, you would dream of, but you don't know. and, and they are, uh, yeah, I mean, really, it's mostly good experience. I mean, uh, I mean, meeting and and, and uh, getting along those those monsters, you know. <laughs> I mean, naturally, yeah. I would I would talk about Jim Natchway, which have sure. a have a big uh, uh, exhibition next week here in Bangkok, yep. and in fact, met Jim in uh, in Lebanon, and we were rookies both at the time, you know, because it's about the same age. So it, it's really, he has developed as being one of the, the, the most amazing, I mean, uh, career as a photojournalist around all the conflict for, for the last 45 years. And um, so you, you, you see people developing, I mean, uh, those amazing skills. And maybe you stay behind. You, I mean, I did mm. different because I went into the movie business in, uh, well, in, in the 18 years. That yeah, that yeah. So it no, introduced it right. for you, yeah. Yeah. In fact, I, I, uh, you have to make a lot of um, sacrifice if you want to be uh, staying a war photographer and being out, I mean, out on that life. And in fact, after about maybe 10 years into that thing, I say, well, I'm, I'm not sure I'm cut for that mm. entire life sacrifice, you know, because you cannot have a family, you cannot really have another life, I mean, besides being on the road, being in the mountain, being thing. And I think it's fine when you are 20, when you are 30, but then, you know, the physical thing take a toll on you. I mean, you, you, you cannot stay fit forever to, to escape death, you know, it's not possible. You start so throwing on a few kilos when you're 45. Yeah, yeah, I mean, then you, you have to, you, you, you have to understand, I mean, I've been doing stories in, uh, in places in my 40s, Wow, it's a lot harder than when you are twenty, and uh, so you have to be conscious of that. And uh, you, you, 
you're, you're taking more and more risk, you know, as, as you get old. Also, I mean, I would say, which is um, something I saw a little earlier. Mm. In, the, in the 80s, I mean, uh, at the time when I was working for Time on Newsweek, I was also big publication and they was, you know, send you off places all over the planet, you know, for a week or two weeks or months. That kind of uh, system, you know, start to kind of dwindle in the mid 80s. And I saw it coming. In fact, mm -hmm. I did, it did hit me when uh, I was in the Philippines for the end of Marcos in 85, 86. At the time, the kind of months-long assignment that I had in Lebanon a few years before, they were like being sliced down, okay, oh, we'll get you for a week and then we'll see, and all and all. I did realize that there was no security into that being a frontline photographer. And interesting enough for me, in 1986, after the fall of Marcos, which was an amazing story, I mean, in a, in a way, there was a movie being shot right after that in the Philippines, which was Platoon. And I was hired, I mean, to for the f by the studio from my agent in, uh, in New York to do some shooting and uh, on behind the scene, as we say. And eventually, when I was on, on that, uh, for 10 days, I did realize that maybe there is something else into that uh, photography business, you know. And I, I, I shot a lot of the, the picture behind the scene, and I did some setup with the main actors for myself, because I knew I could bring back the picture to Time magazine, you know, on my way back to New York, where I live at the time. And eventually, move up six months in December, when uh, the, the the movie was released, and in a very limited release in the in the U.S., and I had my my, my picture um, in a Time office. M the Time ran a cover story, you know, cover and five pages of uh, my photos inside on a movie about war. So it does. But that was a turn. For me, that was yeah. a, a total turn in my life. And mentally, I say, what the hell? Um, I've been covering those conflicts. You get one page, you get two pages, you get half a page, you get more often like a quarter page. You do a movie on war, big splash. You get cover story, image, double page image inside and all. As a, my question was, where, where the values have changed, you know? Where do I stand? I mean. Why would I bother, you know, being shot at for like, okay, I mean, money, but then I work on a movie, I get more money and I get more picture being played. And eventually I realized that I get more respect right. from uh, the, the, the people. So that was my turn. I really mm -hmm. turned my back to the news business, I mean, uh, with that thing. I. And eventually, I mean, I went on to work with, uh, you know, Oliver Stone and, and Ridley Scott and, you know, I mean, Brian De Palma and many war movies. Mm -hmm. That was fun. And they were good people to work with? Yeah, a lot of actors. I mean, I, you know, those guys, they, once they know where you come from, you know, the, the, the story is not the same anymore, you know. Yeah. So they want to hear your stories as well, you know. So you, you really develop a, 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 another relationship with people and you earn the respect. Right, so were you advising on the sets as well, like uh, 
you know, the shooting a war movie, yeah, you've actually yeah. seen conflict, you've been out there, yeah. you would have something to offer. In fact, the first movie I did step on was a killing field, and that was, I mean, earlier, earlier into my, uh, I was still, I mean, on the, on the news, uh, on the news, uh, uh, they call news, my news days, mm -hmm. and uh, when I was on, on a shooting, which was done in Thailand, in fact, I did intervene, I mean, to, uh, to the director and said, no, that was not like this, you know, there's, no. You know, you look at my pictures. You know, there's not so many flags on the street of Phnom Penh on the day of the fall. You know, there's what, what all those flags came from. You know, all right, they took off like three quarter of the flag. I mean, from that, uh, from those scene on the fall of Phnom Penh, and it looked much better. In fact, so you 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 kind of push your push your ideas through. I mean, at the same time, and they take it, they accept it. You know, mm. you were you you were there, so you have you have an eye for it. You know. mm, uh the business these days, it's not quite the same. It, it, it's, I mean, what, what There's a really change, I mean, what really changed yeah. is that the move from film to digital. Mm. You you work with film, you have to learn some trade. You, you have to learn something. It's yeah, like, trade craft. It's like a baker, you know? Yeah. Guys had to do the, the, the croissant from, from all over before now you just get the frozen stuff from the thing and and cook it that's it that's one way photography it it's <laughs> all kind of work i mean yep. zone you have this kind of thing now it's a lot easier to to really get into it with a with the communication and with the digital i mean uh, if if you can manage those scale you you can get on very fast before you still have to get the basics skills right. you know to be able to operate you know that's very different the approach uh, is very different and next you've got a exhibitions so plan another book coming out well you're still working you're in you your 70s you're fit early 70s still okay um, I'm not in the same hurry I mean to do things but I do work on another Cambodia book because I I didn't put my whole, I mean, uh, experience in perspective. So I'm trying to get uh, um, <coughs> a serious volume on, on uh, my work. I mean, over 50 years over there. I mean, with a different facet, you know, the war and the street life and you know the people and, and stuff like that. So I hopefully get that out for the fifth year, which is in um, in in the you know, right. so that'd be a, a good marker in my life in a way. Okay, you do something, and having a, an exhibition going with a book is always it, it's something which works today. You know, you can you can develop uh, your project and as a book, yep. and have exhibition. You have takers. I mean, you have exhibition in the West in uh, in so many places. It is uh, it, it it's very exciting. I mean, you you can cover your costs or better. And um, so that's one of the feasible, uh, and I'm working on it, in fact. I don't want to go, I mean, I don't want to to, to eventually leave that world without uh, saying a few more things. I mean, you want to show, I mean, uh, oh, okay, I was there, I've been doing all those things, all those things, and uh, you, 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 you know, it's to try to feel relevant. <laughs> 
I think it's a it's a big issue. You've got a lot to contribute. Yeah, absolutely. And why not? I mean, yeah. you were there. You understood yeah. it. A lot of people who were there are now gone. Yeah. And uh, it's the, the Khmer Rouge. Uh, my kind of I've spent like the half half of the last thirty years in Cambodia, and the Khmer Rouge they still resonate. They still amazing. It still resonates in in most people's mind across the world as well because that experiment went so bad and that was so crazy. Yep. And and uh, it's, it's always good to have your own reflection and, and people who have been like following it, I mean, they do have their own uh, reflection and they, it's people always eager to, to listen to it, you know. Mm. And I would say it's, there is still um, that, that idea, you have to be relevant for yourself as well, you know, for my children, you know. Sure. They, they believe my stuff, but they look at the picture, but yeah, yeah, okay. So you do a you know a big you know four hundred pages book, uh, all right. So that looks better, and also for your peers, you know, there are a lot of people don't really know your work until they see it in the exhibition. A lot of people you know all around, they know what you have done and everything, but when it's on the wall, they say, oh, really? Not no. bad. Yeah. So you, 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 you need those things. I mean, yep. you need to cheer you up. You get older, it's good to cheer you up. You have to you know, keep the momentum on, uh, on your health and your, 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 your spirit, you know. Indeed. And Roland Neveau, delightful chat. Best of luck, and I'll look forward to the exhibitions. Thanks very much. Welcome. <laughs>